Welcome to Season 4 of Pick the Plot. I'm your host, Rebecca McKinnon. This season, we step into a fairy tale. What secrets hide in the woods? Which paths will we take? Who will we trust? It's up to you, because on this podcast, the listeners get to pick the plot. At the end of our last episode, Crimson had to decide if she would scoot back and close the door, or if she would get closer to the wolf. Your votes have her stepping toward the wolf. Episode 4. A Pack of Wolves Crimson shivered as she stepped toward the wolf with pale blue eyes. It was a small step, hardly more than the length of her toes. The next step was bigger. The length of her foot? Perhaps. The wolf matched her pace, moving steadily toward her. He was large, his back even with her waist. If she'd been sensible, like the villagers who would have stayed safely behind their doors, Crimson would have been scared. If she'd been sensible, she wouldn't have seen the wolves, let alone been surrounded by them in the darkness of night. If she'd been sensible, she'd be safely tucked into bed. Everyone knew she'd never been the kind of sensible the townsfolk would recognize. When his nose nearly touched her belly, she set a hand on the wolf's head, burrowing her fingers into the soft fur. A satisfied rumble erupted from his throat. Crimson jolted in surprise, and her hand dropped free. Slowly, more slowly than Crimson had crept forward, the wolf turned his head. His long tongue rasped against Crimson's fingers. Then he took her hand delicately in his teeth. Feelings poured off the wolf, spiraling around Crimson until they engulfed her. Comfort, a hint of worry, an all-consuming hope. The wolf tugged on her hand, a small motion she could have easily broken free of. Crimson looked down at the wolf. His ears stood forward. His tail didn't twitch. His eyes beseeched her, and his hope and worry deepened. Recognition settled deep in her chest. You want me to come with you. The wolf released his gentle hold and lowered his chin in the same regal nod he'd given her when they'd first met. Crimson glanced behind her as she considered. The gentle glow of nearly extinguished embers from the fireplace could be seen through the cottage door. Before her, each of the wolves took a step forward. Not as if to attack her but as if her choice truly mattered and they were urging her to choose well. Pale moonlight lit their eyes and hope surrounded Crimson. She could almost see the emotion, as if it poured from the animals and rolled across the ground in a fog. She'd never felt such a thing. The only time she'd felt emotion other than her own was with the wolf before her. Knowledge settled in her chest. Somehow, in some way, the wolves needed her. I'll come. Satisfied, the pale-eyed wolf stepped to Crimson's side. As they crossed the road, wolves of every color, every size, fell into place behind them. The largest of the wolves moved to the front. Three abreast led the way. One was to Crimson's side, just out of her reach. One took a place on the other side of the pale-eyed pack leader. Crimson almost wished the women from the village could see her now. With her escort and the two columns of wolves following, they made an impressive procession. The moonlight disappeared as they entered the woods, 
the canopy overhead hiding the light. Before Crimson could begin to wish she'd stayed back long enough to get a lantern, her vision shifted. The darkness became less deep, and the shades of gray were washed in blue and yellow. They stopped at a pair of trees Crimson didn't recognize. They were older than the rest of the woods. More weathered. Craggy. Their thick, twisted branches formed a pointed arch. Crimson's escort left the path, stopping when she didn't immediately follow. Reaching up, she trailed her fingers along the rough bark overhead. Peace and welcome seeped into her hand, spreading quickly up her arm. She'd spent most of her life in these woods. She would have remembered trees like this. Perhaps she still slept before the fire and this was a dream. If it was a dream, there was no reason to keep her feet on ground she'd trodden so many times. Humor pulled her attention to the wolf beside her. She twined her fingers in his ruff and looked down into eyes that urged her forward. She stepped between the trees. As she passed between them, heading deeper into the woods, the air thickened. Thick old trees lined a road that shouldn't exist. A road that couldn't exist. Because roads didn't move with people, and this one... Well, this one opened ahead of her escort and closed behind the wolves after their procession had passed. The ancient trees, some so thick around that it would take crimson dozens of steps to round, stood unscathed by their passing. Time was meaningless as they walked. Nothing changed save for the trees, and even they were similar enough to blend into an endless tapestry cocooning them. Then, as Crimson began to believe the road would lead them on through time itself, they passed through another set of trees, another pointed arch, and into a city. What had once been stone roads, now reclaimed by nature, almost to the point of fading from existence, stretched before them. Right beside the group, crumbling stone walls surrounded a giant tree, as if it were a necklace or a collar. As they passed deeper into what had once been a city, trees no longer grew. Shrubs and other low woodland plants adorned ruined buildings as far as Crimson could see, and tumbled blocks of stone looked as if they'd been scattered and tossed by some enormous, uncaring hand. A cloud of solemn sadness and pain coated everything. What happened here? Of course there was no answer, but Crimson was certain if the wolves could speak, they would tell her the tale. They continued on, more slowly as they delved deeper into the ruins. In the very center of the destruction was the remains of a garden. Somehow, wild roses still bloomed, and bulbs of every season could be seen peeking their flowers out of the ground. Crimson allowed herself to be led through the overgrown tangle toward a long, low wall. As they passed through a break in the wall, she could see it was the base of what had once been a building, larger than any she could have imagined. The guards who led the way, and those who flanked Crimson, parted. Turning to face each other, the distance between them forming a path before her and their leader. Those who followed fanned out, forming a loose half-circle around them. Waiting. The wolf beside her shifted, loosening Crimson's fingers from his fur. He stared into her eyes, then turned his head to the front. Crimson followed his gaze. A pile of rocks, grown over with vines and moss, stood before them. She took one step toward it, then another, and another. The wolf with the pale eyes shadowed behind her. When she was almost to the rocks, their shape slid into focus. The walls had once formed a room nearly the size of Crimson's cottage. 
Parts of the walls had tumbled inwards, but when she reached just the right angle, she could see a narrow opening she might just be able to squeeze through. Crimson glanced behind her at the pack leader. His eyes gave nothing away, and the feelings she'd felt coming from him were muted, as if he didn't want her to know what this meant. For him, or for her. Three steps from the opening, the wolf stopped. Crimson swallowed. She'd come this far. If it was more than a dream, and Crimson was quite certain it was, she'd see it through. Halfway into the opening, she began to regret her commitment. It was tight, and if Crimson made it in, there was no guarantee she'd make it out. She pulled in her belly and shoved her way in. The instinctive deep breath that filled her lungs was a relief. The odd blue and yellow vision strengthened, allowing her to make out the space around her. Rocks covered much of the room, but spilling out from under them, ground into the broken floor, were discs and pebbles. Crimson reached down to snatch some of them. A closer look at the handful revealed large gold coins and loose gems of blue and green and red. Making her way through the small area that had been spared by the cave-in, Crimson saw more of the same. Piles and piles of coins. Gems, loose, and set into necklaces and rings, ear baubles and tiaras. It was a treasury. Beyond the jewels and gold, resting on what looked to have once been a cushion, was a crown. Ignoring the rest, she reached for it. Hundreds of tiny gold and silver wolves formed the shape, and Crimson knew she'd found what she'd been brought here for. Leaving the rest of the priceless collection behind, she made her way back outside. Standing before the pack leader, the crown balanced on both palms, she could see the intricate carvings. It had been made with a skill she'd not so much as heard of. It wasn't beautiful, exactly. The lines were halting instead of sweeping. There were no stones to adorn it. The metal had gone dull with time and neglect. But it was striking. She didn't want to give it up. Knowing it belonged to the wolves didn't change that, but it reminded her she'd agreed to help them. Her heart beating furiously, she reached out her hands and offered it to the wolves who'd seen her safely here and with luck would see her safely home. As she met those large, pale eyes, a voice spoke into her mind. Put it on. Crimson shook her head. She hadn't come to steal from her new friends. Her fingers shook as she tried to keep herself from obeying the unknown voice. Put it on. The voice rumbled through her. Crimson stared at the wolf, trying to convince him to take the crown. She didn't know if she'd be able to walk the steps to give it to him before she gave in and set the crown on her head. She wasn't convinced she wanted to try. Will Crimson give the crown to the wolves who'd shown her the ruins? Or will she listen to the voice in her head and put it on? It's up to you. You can cast your vote at rebeccamckinnon.com slash pickthepot. Voting will be open for one week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I look forward to seeing where our story goes from here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.